Welcome to the Health Coach Nation podcast. I'm your host, Haley Rowe, and I help you get clients consistently, market your standout offers, build your business foundations like your messaging, your niche, your offer, and I help you build a sustainable, profitable coaching business that works with your schedule. And I'm so excited to dive into the show. Here we go. Guess what? I'm so excited to announce that my free private training sharing how to book paying clients consistently without posting more or needing a big audience is now live for an encore. You can check it out at HaleyRowe.com slash training. You get to learn more about the inner circle. You get to learn the behind the scenes of what I share with my clients and learn how you can get your next clients without needing to obsess with stressful launches annoying tech, all that kind of stuff. So check it out and can't wait to hear how it goes for you. Today we have a special guest coming on, Michelle McLean, to talk about how to improve your coaching skills. So if you are a coach and you're certified and or maybe you're in the process of getting certified and you really want to have confidence and competence as a coach, this is going to be the live for you. And for those of you who struggle, like you know you're a good coach, but you struggle with the sales and marketing side of things, I have a free superhero sales journal. It's gonna take you through how to get your next sale and how to actually be able to deliver your amazing coaching skills. Because if you're good at coaching, it's your job out there to get good at sales and marketing and be able to coach people so that, so that you're able to deliver your skills. All right, so I'm going to rec- uh, invite Michelle to join here. Invite now, Michelle, you should get a notification that you can go ahead and join. Hello. Hey. Hi. How's Hi. it going? Can you hear me? I can. Okay, great. Awesome. So Michelle, first, why don't you tell everybody what you do and, and how you got so good at coaching and teaching others how to coach them? Yeah, well, thanks so much, number one, just for having me, Haley. I'm really excited to be here. So I'm a health coach skills mentor, and how I got to be that um, was a long journey over the last 10 years. I won't get into all the nitty-gritty, but um, I started my journey off going to the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, IIN, um, and a bunch of other health coach trainings and certifications along the way, and um, had my own uh, health coaching practice for about eight years. And during that time, I also started to work with IIN um, as a coaching circle facilitator. And I started to notice a lot of new health coaches coming out of that program. There was a real gap around their skills. They still didn't really feel confident getting out there and coaching. They really didn't know how to run a coaching program. Um, So I decided to um, sort of switch gears a little bit and do more of that. So I created a program to support uh, new coaches and building their coaching skills. I'm also nationally board certified. um, And yeah, that's really become my passion these days is really helping new coaches build their confidence by having those skills to really get out there and do some good coaching. Absolutely. And one of the things I always say is when you're selling, if you're a good coach, you'll probably be really good at selling because like on discovery calls, it is about discovery and asking the right questions and trying to help somebody find a solution for themselves, even if it's not your program, but you know, if they have a challenge, you can help them solve it. 
then maybe it is your program. But what would you say are some of the common um, things that keep health coaches or um, coaches in general from feeling confident about their coaching skills? Yeah, I think, you know, it's a lot of those, you know, imposter syndromes, those fears and doubts that we have, you know, thinking that we're not good enough, that we're not, not smart enough, um, that we don't have enough experience, you know, all those, you know, very common doubts and fears can really creep in and, and hold coaches back. And, you know, I think the number one thing, it's really about a mindset shift for me that, uh, in many health coach training programs, I think, or not even with with the training themselves, but, you know, new coaches, they get into coaching because they've been the experts in their own lives, right? Everyone comes to them, <laughs> you know, for health and wellness information. And so then they get into a training pro program thinking, well, I want to formalize this. And, you know, I want to do more of that. I want to provide more expertise and tell people what to do and give them suggestions and recommendations. But then we actually get into coaching and we realize that's not what coaching is all about, right? <laughs> Coaches have the questions, the clients have the answers. So that mindset shift, I think, you know, for me, you know, after I graduated from IIN and I was out there and I was coaching, you know, I was doing it all wrong. I wasn't, you know, doing real behavioral change coaching. And so when I went on and did other trainings and I got, you know, better at my skills and I really learned what coaching is all about, you know, this huge pressure was released because I didn't have to know it all. I didn't need to take, you know, a thousand courses learning all these different, you know, medical issues and health challenges. I really just had to get good at those coaching skills. So those are some of the typical things. And like I said, it can release a whole lot of pressure when we can let go of that pressure to be the expert and have to show up you know, to diagnose, prescribe, and treat like a doctor would because we're not trained as doctors. So of course we're gonna feel those doubts and fears and that we need to learn more and know more in order to be a good coach. But if we can shift that mindset, be more of an ally, a guide, you know, and know that we really just have to get good at our coaching skills, you know, and that's yeah. what we need to be an expert in. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. So I know, I know so many um, people who think, they, what if I don't have an answer? What if I don't know, you know, how much liters of uh, juice? <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, yeah. So um, I know that holds a lot of my clients back sometimes from taking action. They'll be like, they'll come to me and be like, I'm afraid I won't know all the answers. And if I actually get a client, then I'll freak out because I'm like, oh my gosh, now I have to deliver on this. Yeah. So what would be, um, and I also think you made a good point. It's not about what you say or having the information, quote unquote. It's also about who you're being in the session. Who, how are you, you know, facilitating progress mm -hmm. and the right questions and being curious and holding space and not being in your head about, I need to have all the answers because right. then it takes you away from actually fully being able to help the client. So what are some ways coaches who think I don't know enough or I'm new to this and I've just never done it before. So I'm afraid I'm going to be really bad. What would you say they need to think about or do to start to change that and, and have the confidence to take on a client? Yeah. And I think, you know, this, this, and it comes up so much, you know, I hear this almost every day. What if I don't know the answers to my clients' questions? And I did a whole YouTube video on this because it really is one of the top things that I hear. 
And you know, my number one thing is, again, back to what I just said, is that as coaches, you know, our clients have the answers, right? So we really honor within them that they have the answers, they're the ones who know what's best for their health and well-being. And so we're the ones with the questions, right? So I think, it, again, it's the mindset shift of letting go this need to have all the answers and really shifting into that, as you said, that coaching presence of I'm going to be good at, you know, questions and the coaching process that I can elicit, you know, the answers from my clients or, you know, empower them to find the answers, right? So we know from research that just giving people information and telling them what to do, you know, educating, it, you know, gets about maybe a 30% behavioral change um, shift with somebody, but behavioral change coaching can get like 90%. So what we really wanna do, where the place we wanna come from is empowering our clients to want to find the answers for themselves, right? So number one, it is absolutely okay to say you don't know, right? If somebody asks you the macronutrient content of a carrot, right, and you don't know that, that's okay, right? You could say something like, well, you know, I can go away and look that up for you and get, get back to you next time. But a much more empowering sort of coach-like way to show up is to, you know, ask your clients some questions about that, right? Coach them around it. You know, so that's probably wasn't a great example, but you know, if they ask you nutrition questions or, you know, physiology questions or just sciencey questions that you might not know the answers to, you know, inquire with them. Well, what do you know about that right now, right? So you find out what do they already know about something? And then, you know, well, what, what's the gap, right? What more do you need to know or would you like to know? And invite your client, you know, take away his homework. Why don't you go do some research on that and see what you find, right? See what's right for you. And then come back next week and we'll talk a little bit more about it, right? So, you know, yes, it's fine for us to, you know, provide some education and some resources and materials and stuff like that for our clients, but it's so much more powerful when they can do that research. You know, we don't want to do all the work for our clients, right? We want them to do the work. Otherwise, we're going to get really burnt out as new coaches, right? If we're going away and doing all this research and trying to figure it out and come up with all these answers for our clients, we're going to get really burnt out. So, you know, number one, I think is have that mindset shift, shift to let go of the need to have all the answers. You know, you aren't a medical expert, so you don't need to have all that knowledge. Um, and really empower and invite your clients, you know, to go away and do their own research and come up with those answers. Because I think they're going to be much more empowered to then go and take those action steps when they've come up with it. So, yeah, yeah. that's kind of a good way to tackle it. For sure. Yes. So part of the reason why I got um, my human potential coach certification and behavioral change specialist certification is because I agree with you. Information doesn't do it for the client. And I was noticing like when I was in the beginning days where I was just kind of giving information or posting content and being like, why are people not taking action on this? Right. I was like, oh my gosh, there's so much more to it. And um, it gave me much more confidence and competence. So I do think having a certification or being able to practice with clients and all that stuff totally serves a purpose, but you don't need like 20. If this is another thing I see people doing is they think the next certification is going to give them all the answers so they can find feel confident enough to coach exactly. isn't true. And I want to ask you a question about, um, so if somebody wants to go into the, like, what are some different ways to coach? Because a lot of times we think, oh, it's, you know, asking questions and it's giving a little bit of information. 
and whatever, but like, can you, I know there's like different ways to help a client learn something or see something or have a breakthrough. So can you kind of talk a little bit about some of the different ways to coach? Mm, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know all the different, you know, different methods and, you know, techniques and things out there. There's lots of great things that you learn about motivational interviewing and positive psychology and all that can be great, you know, as a foundation. Um, but what I really love to teach, and I think this, this helps and brings clarity to new coaches so much is I've created a, a six step sort of process for an ongoing coaching session. So this is like once you've started working with somebody, you've set the foundation, you do maybe a few foundation sessions, you help them with some self-exploration and really you know, set the foundation for the coaching process. Then once we get into those ongoing sessions, you know, it's, it's really great to follow sort of a, a, a process. And I think once you have this process in place, um, it really gives you that confidence to dive into those coaching sessions. So I got a little handout here and, and I can include this later, but, you know, I've created just this, you know, 60 minute coaching session and what you do sort of at, at each part of that. So I thought I'd just kind of run through that and that I think might help. Um, so of course you're going to start, you know, with a nice warm welcome, a little bit of grounding and centering, maybe take, you know, five minutes for that. We, we definitely want to jump into coaching and not have sort of that, you know, initial chit chat take over the initial session. Um, and then you're going to want to do an accountability check-in. So, you know, as coaches, accountability is such a big part of it. And it's what we promised our clients that we would do, right? It's a big part of our role. So we have to check in on the action steps that we helped them create last time, right? How did it go? What were your successes? What were your wins, your learnings? You know, how did that go? So we spend maybe, you know, 10 minutes checking in around that. But we don't want that accountability check-in to become the entire session. So after we check in, everything's been great. We highlight successes and maybe things didn't go great with those action steps. So your client may wanna continue talking about that same topic today. And that's great, but we wanna then set the agenda, right? Okay, you know, do you wanna continue talking about this today or is there something else that's come up for you? So let's really set the agenda so we know what the client wants to get out of the session, right? What area of focus, what specifically do you wanna walk away with? And that really brings some clarity and focus to the session. After that, um, then that's when you get into the meat of the coaching session, what I like to call the exploring and processing part of the session. And that's probably gonna take about 20 minutes. And that's where, you know, we would really look at the client's current state, impacting their life, their health. Um, and then we invite the client to look ahead to the future state, right? So if you could overcome this obstacle, you know, what's that going to look like for you? So we talk a lot about their vision, their ideal state, what they want to accomplish. And then, you know, the next section would be, okay, what are you going to do, right? How are you going to close the gap between those two states in your life, right? In your current state where you're unhappy, you've got a problem, a health challenge, and you want to get to this other place, right? So what we want to do is coach to the gap and help the client then come up with an action plan to get there. You know, other things that can take place in that um, exploring and processing section, that 20 minutes, you know, maybe it is a brainstorming session, right? So maybe you're brainstorming with your client to help them come up with some solutions. Maybe you are doing a little bit of teaching and, and educating in there. You know, it doesn't mean that we don't do any of that, 
but you know, we really elicit from the client first, what do they know, then we might help sort of fill in the gaps and find out then what they're going to do with that information. So lots can take place in that exploring and processing that sort of meat of the session. And then, like I said, we get into action planning and accountability, really following up with our client, you know, how are you going to hold yourself accountable to these action steps that you've created for yourself? Also, what obstacles and challenges could get in the way of you, you know, getting to this action step? What other support systems do you have? Um, so we really set that up, you know, making sure that the client knows exactly what they're going to do, when they're going to do it, when they walk away from the session. So we're really setting them up for success. And then, of course, we just want to end the session with a little bit of, you know, asking your client what they learned about themselves during the session. Um, you know, what are their insights or takeaways? And then really acknowledging your client at the end and wrapping it up sort of on a positive note. So. I, I just wanted to provide that as a framework because once you go through all of that, like if you get through all of that in 60 minutes, you're doing great. Um, and I think it just provides a lot of reassurance to new coaches to know that I've got this framework to follow because, uh, you know, many of us, and I did this in the beginning, what am I going to talk about for 60 minutes? You know, mm -hmm. what if, you know we're, we end up in silence? What are we going to talk about? So um, I think by having that framework can really help give confidence to your, to, to coaches. Nice. Love that structure. And I know all of my type A listeners will really love that. <laughs> and I think another thing to think about is there's different, so powerful questions is important, but there's also like exercises you could do like visualizing or future self journal prompts or analogies to explain mm -hmm. something in a better way if they're not getting it or seeing it. Um, and so I think that you can, as you get more nuanced, as you, you know, in the beginning, you might kind of be really stuck to your structured script, you know, like your structured yeah. circle that you just talked about. But as you start to get more nuanced, you, you will naturally be doing a lot of these things right. kind of in that hour session. Yeah. Um, and I think you, th that was really beautifully put um, and gone through. So thank you for that. And one of the things I wanted to ask you too is about accountability, because I know a lot of professionals who are coaches out there find that sometimes my clients fall off track or they don't appreciate the sessions. Like they, they wait, they drag out scheduling their next session and then kind of fall off track. And then I feel bad because I'm the coach and I'm supposed to be keeping them accountable. So what would you say to coaches who feel like, how do I keep these people in the game, excited, accountable? And also second question to that is, what do we do when we make it mean about us? Uh oh, I'm doing a terrible job because they're not staying accountable. Yeah, yeah, so that's a, that's a great point. And I get this one all the time too. And I, again, I have a YouTube video that goes over how to set accountability and you know what to do when you feel like your clients aren't making progress and really sticking to their action steps. And I think, you know, so much in coaching kind of comes back to this basic principle that, you know, we show up during our coaching sessions and we, you know, use all of our skills and tools and techniques, you know, to guide our clients to that action plan and to hopefully, you know, they become empowered through the process to work on this stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, the magic happens back in their life in the real world when they're actually taking the action, right? Um, so we do have to, you know, what I like to say is we have to be lovingly detached to the outcomes, right? We love our clients. We want them to be successful. We want them to succeed, but it's on them. 
you know, to take the action. And so we have to let go of, you know, if my client didn't achieve their action steps, then I'm unsuccessful or I'm a bad coach, right? We've got to let go of that. So lovingly detached, you know, wonderful. We're going to celebrate all of their successes, but they do have to take responsibility. And I think this empowerment piece and having our clients take responsibility is such a huge part of the coaching process. And, you know, that, that starts in your discovery call. That happens in your agreement when you're outlining expectations and what your client can expect from you in the coaching relationship, that they have a huge, huge role and responsibility in that. It's not just, you know, on you again to do all the work, right? Your client has to do the work. And of course that comes, you know, as you were talking about, you know, as we become more confident in our coaching skills and as we develop these skills and, you know, all this just becomes sort of natural, you know, this, our, our you know, our ways that we can help empower our client become stronger as well. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, really spending time on accountability at the end of your session is also really key. You know, what happens to a lot of coaches is they spend, you know, a bunch of time just chit-chatting and, you know, not really getting to the heart of the matter. And um, so, you know, it's two minutes left of the session and we're like, oh my goodness, we have to set action steps and accountability, right? So we want to set a good amount of time, you know, at least um, 15 minutes for action and accountability at the end. And like I said, you want to set your client up for success. So, you know, it's not just your client's going to say, well, I'm going to eat healthier over the next week, right? <laughs> okay, let's break that down. You know, what's your SMART goal? What's your SMART action step? Going through that SMART process, you know, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely, those are all important, you know, when we set goals and when we help our clients set action steps. Because if you don't go through that whole process, then perhaps, you know, your client is going to, isn't going to have a good action step. So maybe they say, you know, I'm going to go to the gym three times. Okay, you know, when are you going to go? Can you put it into your calendar right now? What time of day are you going to do it? What do you need to do to get prepared for that? Um, what other supports do you have, right? Can you actually sign up, you know, for a class at the gym? So there's some accountability there, right? Who else can support you around this? Um, asking your clients some scaling questions, right? How important is this to you? How confident are you, you know, on a scale of one to 10 that you're going to be able to actually complete this action step? And then we talk about plan Bs, right? So if you don't get there three times at, you know, 5 p.m. on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, what's your backup plan? What else are you going to do? So we really want to, what, what I've learned to call it is this loophole-free accountability, right? We want to just cover all the bases so that we're not just letting our client walk away with just a really flimsy little plan that, you know, we have no real structure around. So, you know, that's, that's going to help as well, I think, to really spend some time getting clear on all of that. Nice. Yeah. And I think coaching partnered with creating an amazing program or offer. Like one of the things I love the book, $100 million offers by Alex Hermosi. And he talks about how do you install, like, how do you make sure that they are going, like, unless they're like, of course, there'll be exceptions, perhaps, but how can you install as much as you possibly can into your program to ensure success? And so in addition to the sessions, if you wanted to, there's other ways you can install accountability or check-ins or certain exercises they can do to make sure things are, you know, going a certain way, Absolutely. things you can provide that are resources. But 
I also want to highlight earlier in this session when you said you don't just want to always give them all the answers mm. because if you do that, you're never teaching them how to be self-sufficient after right. they graduate the program. If they don't know how to be resourceful, how to find, mm -hmm. how to coach themselves through their own challenges and obstacles, mm -hmm. they're always going to be codependent. And like, right. I need exactly. you to yeah. make me feel good and I need you yeah. to give me all the answers. Yeah. So you really highlighted well on that. And I also want to ask you about, um, okay, so... Let's... Can I just make one more point on the yeah, accountability report? Because I forgot to mention this. And, you know, I see a lot of this happening with new coaches is that at the end of the session, you know, the coach says to the client, how can I hold you accountable to this, right? What you were just talking about. And, you know, the client says, oh, well, it would be great if you could, you know, check in with me, send me a text, email, whatever it is, you know, on Monday and Wednesday and Friday when I'm supposed to be at the gym. And the coach says, sure, you know, I'm willing to do that. Well, you know, I really like, you know, new coaches to think about this differently, right? So you put it back on, on the client. Again, we don't want to do all the work, right? We don't want to create that codependency. And so invite the client. Sure, you know, I can, I'll be here for you if you want to text me after you go to the gym those three times and let me know that you've hit your action step but I'm not gonna be the one chasing you and following up with you, right? And then we also take it one step further and we say to the client, so you're gonna you know, text me three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, when you go to the gym, and what am I supposed to do when I don't hear from you, right? So like that's the loophole free piece that I was talking about. We have to you know, take it you know, every step further to make sure that there's really no escape routes, right, for our client. That may sound harsh, but, you know, to really make sure that they're developing their own self-accountability, sort of what you were talking about. I mean, it's not about, you know, pleasing the coach or, you know, having the client feel like they need to fulfill it because, you know, you told them to do something, right? That's, that's not going to set up a good coaching relationship. And the balance of power is going to be off in, the, in that kind of way. So, we really want to have the client, as you said, develop their own, you know, self-efficacy, self-accountability so that they know how to do this right without us once our coaching program ends. So that was a great point that I just wanted to pick up on. Yeah, I'm glad you did. And speaking of harsh, um, what do you do if I know a lot of my clients are tend to be people pleasers. And so um, we want to be our client's friend as opposed yeah. to their coach. So how do you juggle wanting yeah. to deliver hard observations and coding mm -hmm. to achieve a certain result compared to, I don't want to come off a certain way. I don't want to ruin the friendship. I don't want to like whatever it is that comes up when it's that yeah. friend zone versus coach zone. So mm -hmm. navigate that. Yeah, that, that's a great one. And, and I think, you know, it does come back again to how you set up the coaching relationship. Like so much of it is, you know, it's a relationship, right? This isn't like going to a doctor or a therapist or a registered dietitian where you are going to an expert for advice, right? This is a relationship. We both have roles and responsibilities. And the empowerment of the client is only going to come when both of us uphold that, right? So it is really hard as, you know, people pleasers and introverts and empaths and, you know, so many of us as coaches, you know, have those qualities. And we do, we just want to please and we want people to like us. And so, you know, by really setting it up and talking about those roles and responsibilities in the beginning, I mean, this isn't gonna, you know, probably 
come quickly for a lot of people. It is going to be once you develop your coaching confidence and once you've done this for a bit, you know, that you're going to be able to have those tough conversations. But, you know, when you set it all up, roles and responsibilities and everything in the agreement, it makes it so much easier to have a conversation like if your client isn't doing their action steps, but you've talked about action planning and action steps in your agreement, it's going to be, it's going to make it much easier to have a difficult conversation because you can go back to the agreement. Remember, we talked about this, right? It's part of our agreement that, you know, you're going to go away and do your action steps. Of course, life can get in the way. Lots of things are going to come up. Um, and you want to be gentle and kind with your clients, right? I mean, you want to foster that as well. Um, but yeah, difficult conversations, you know, if your client is just going away week after week and they're not making progress, they're not doing their action steps, you know, you are going to want to, um, you know, have a difficult conversation. And, you know, I really believe that's our role, right? Your client didn't hire you as a friend, right? They hired you as a coach to move you from where you are today to where you want to be in the future, right? And so if your client keeps cycling backwards, which is going to happen in the process, they're going to fall off track, they're going to take two steps backwards. And that's when we're going to be there to catch them and bring them back on track, right? But sometimes, you know, again, if they're not paying as they should, if they're, you know, every time, every week coming up with excuses about why they didn't do something, you are, I think it's our responsibility to call them out on that and, you know, have a coach-like conversation about it. It's just, you know, I'm noticing that this is happening over time. You know, I'm noticing a pattern. Um, have you noticed that? You know, what's happening for you? Let's, let's coach around it to see what's happening for your client and, you know, use the same process of, you know, where are you today with this? Where would you like to be? And then, you know, what can you do to gently, you know, move this? So I think, you know, evaluation and checking in throughout your coaching program is so, so important. You know, how's this going for you? Is it working for you? You know, is there anything we need to tweak and adjust in our coaching relationship to make sure that your client, you know, feels comfortable and confident? Because maybe it's, we, you know, we don't want to assume what's going on. We, we do have to get curious and we have to ask um, because otherwise, you know, you're just going to continue to have this, this client who's not making progress and that's not going to feel good for either one of you, right? Especially for new coaches, that's really, really hard um, and really discouraging and frustrating, you know, when we feel like we're not doing a good job. So always just be checking in and, and you know, have a solid agreement in place so that you can fall back on that I mean, I really detail out every one of my responsibilities, every one of my clients' responsibilities. So we're really clear up front. So there isn't any, you know, wondering about, you know, who's, who's responsible for X, Y, or Z. And, you know, going back to that in terms of the foundation of the relationship. So we can have a conversation about it now because we've already agreed to it. Yeah, setting really good expectations up front from the get-go so that nobody, you're not expecting your client to read your mind and you're not reading your clients mind. Right. I, tell my clients, like, I can't read your mind so yeah. we need to have a relationship where you're you know we are communicating and um i think that up front setting that expectation just like in your discovery calls when you set the roadmap for the call mm -hmm. or in your videos when you talk about what you're going to talk about i think it's pretty important to from the get-go set those strong expectations so that there's no question marks or guesswork and um, Michelle, this has been awesome. How can everybody connect with you and keep in touch? 
Yeah, awesome. Well, it's been great to chat as well. So um, a few ways um, they can join my Facebook group called Coaching Skills for Health Coaches. So that's a free group uh, where we talk about coaching skills. I also have a YouTube channel and I post um, a sort of coaching skills tutorials and things like that in there weekly. Um, so they can just find me on YouTube under Michelle McLean. Um, Instagram, I'm Michelle Health Coach. <laughs> that's my handle it should be probably here in this um and yeah if anyone's interested i also have a free video um that goes through this entire coaching process that i that i mentioned so i don't know if we could put a link to that somewhere or whatever but you know if, if people want a link to that video um it really goes into depth in terms of what to do at each stage of that coaching process yeah awesome yeah well thank you so much for being a guest and uh we'll talk soon Awesome. Thanks, Haley. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. And if it's really helpful for you, I'd really appreciate if you share it and or leave a written podcast review. This tells the podcast sites that our show is useful and it will be promoted to more people that way. Thanks again.